in November 2019, that date transformed my life drastically. I said enough, and I said it from my deep heart. Enough living a life based on others' opinions. Their decisions and their opinions will never change my destiny. Our destiny is determined by our mind and our attitude. I realized that every one of us has unlimited potential inside. And this unlimited potential becomes available only when we demand it. We are the only ones who determine the quality of our life. Nobody else. That's why I founded Unleash. I interview global CEOs, entrepreneurs, and coaches all over the world to inspire and touch people by their stories and their experience. Because one story changed my life totally. And I believe also one story from our podcast can change yours as well. My mission is unleashing the human greatness to its utmost potential. Stay tuned every Friday with Unleash with Ahmed Khaled's podcast. A new inspiring story that will change the quality of your life. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all the amazing people who are watching us right now on LinkedIn. Thank you for joining Unleash with Ahmed Khaled, episode number 13. It's the first time, if it's the first time for you to join Unleash, let me tell you what is our mission. Our mission is to uplift the human greatness to its utmost potential by sharing questions, experiences, stories with touching topics that matter to our day-to-day -day operations or our day-to-day life. Before we start, uh, may I ask you, as, as usual, to drop me the comment, where are you from and what is the weather at your side? So we have our friend, the Mohidol. <laughs> so we'll start. I, I'll keep it into my consideration, Mohidol, this question. Thanks for joining. We have our friend Mahdi Al-Usaymi. Hi, great to see you, brother. We have also Ismail. Hi, great to see you also, brother. Thank you so much for joining and tuning in. We have uh, our friend Brigimon KG, become a financial freedom. Very important. Thank you for being here. So, uh, taking... Uh, 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 into consideration today we will talk about mainly leadership and one of the most common and confusing question is and I was always confused about it are leaders born or made is it something in our DNA or something that we can acquire or skill like a skill uh, or better we can understand it or acquire it how we deal in a tough situations when the stakes are high and opposing opinions are everywhere and surrounding us uh, from everywhere in, in, inside the world. How to deal with uh, toxic people or toxic environments and how to identify the, these people in, in the day-to-day -day operations that we have in the corporation especially. Uh, how can we empathize more? How can we be leaders every day? All of these questions and more will be unleashed by our hero tonight. So let me welcome with you our hero tonight. She's an advisor who advises CEOs, executives, and founders. A Forbes writer, TEDx speaker, and the author of The World Messenger. 
Her podcast, The Legacy Leadership, planted the seed of human-centric leadership inside people. She developed and implemented business strategies that transform all kinds of leadership inside organizations. She is Isabella Ludenberg. Stay tuned this Friday where we will unleash Leaders are born or made. Welcome, Isabella, to the show. Uh, thank you so much for being here today. I know that you're too much busy, and thanks for the, your valuable time. Uh, uh, glad to have you today. Absolutely. Great to be here. Thank you so much for invitation. I'm super happy to be a part of episode 13 and discuss some hot topics with you, Khalid. Thank you so much, Isabella. Thank you so much. Isabella, uh, would you mind if you can share a little bit about yourself and your inspirational story before we jump into our topic today? Sure. I wanted to just quickly share with audience that is very international. So everybody that is listening and watching, hello, hello. Great to see you. Dr. Arun, Panda, um, uh, and everybody else. Great to be here. Um, a little bit about me that you probably don't know. I grew up in former Yugoslavia, uh, and I was actually a very curious child when I was young. I really was hungry for information. Very similarly to you, Khalid, because you love to read, you love to continuously to uh, feed that brilliant mind of yours. And I started reading as a result when I was five and a half, probably close to six-year-old, because I could not wait. I was curious, George, on steroids. I just could not wait to get all the information I wanted. Obviously, there was way before internet and computers when you have to go find the books and be in the library and, and bring those books home. And I remember um, that those early upbringings and opportunity to do so helped me so much and served me so well who I am here today. Thank you so much again for your valuable time. And today I believe that we have very compelling topic. Uh, topic I, I see that it's $1 million topic. And one of the things that came into my mind, and this question always, it's confusing. Uh, are, are leaders born or made? Uh, I know that you have a very extensive experience on that point. That's why very I'm very keen, and I believe also our audience keen, to understand what's your personal philosophy on that point. Okay, so let's depict that and then deep dive. Um, obviously, leadership has been uh, utilized and leveraged as a word, as terminology, but also essence of the leadership for many, many decades and hundreds of years. And then more in recent time, because we're realizing that is a specific skill set and types of traits to really help us out to not only elevate our own individual game and tap into our potential, but to truly serve and help people like you're doing here on your Unleashed program, right? But the interesting thing is um, some people naturally have leadership tendencies and those the healthy ones, right? And some of those that they're asking is like, if I have this naturally with me, is it born with that? People are born with very specific skill sets and characteristics. And those characteristics, characteristics and skill sets are the ones that are helping us early on to, from a behavioral standpoint, accelerate our own growth. Um, but on, on the other hand, in anything important, anything valuable, and anything that we know that we need to further develop, it requires obviously a lot of skill set that we need to actually invest and master like you're doing, Khalid, with your work and mastering constantly so that you are the subject matter expert in specific area and specific niche. So to answer in short, it is combination. It's a little bit of those the hero tendency that we already have that are very strong around, not only just charisma or our capabilities and our personalities, and with also skill sets. And that's where the magic happens. Beautiful, Isabella. So I'm always saying that... Uh, uh, leaders, I, I believe that leaders are born and made, it's it, it's the same. Because once you have born a, a new attitude, 
new attitude, the leader will be born. So it's it's not about only I have this in my DNA and I born like this. I'm leader. Yes, it, sometimes as you said, it, it, we are born like that. But doesn't mean that uh, I cannot make myself as a leader or I cannot create myself as a leader. It's all about the, it's all about choices. Uh, if if I speak about it. So jumping into our lovely audience, I want to ask you guys. So please make use of Isabella today. Uh, ask as much as you can questions related to the leadership. I have my own questions, so I'm so keen to, uh, if you can share your experience or whatever question that you have in, in your mind to Isabella. So uh, one of the compelling question, before yeah. we jump even into uh, our audience, one of the compelling question, in, it's in my mind, uh, what are the types inside the corporations or inside the organization of toxic managers? and how we can ident identify them and how we can deal with them. <laughs> ah, well, you're going immediately into a very hot topic. Okay, let's jump into that. One of the things that obviously it's not good leadership and good practice, we need uh, actually leaders, we'd also manager trade. So let's just make that clear. But we also need to understand who the managers are that don't necessarily have a leadership traits that are creating a lot of pain points. And I'm gonna really break it down to the three core major components, which we're seeing uh, that are demonstrated through their behavior. They're demonstrated that being passive, passive aggressive and aggressive. And, and it's a very important to understand because um, a lot of times people get confused. We're having leaders called leaders because of title and position, but in reality, they have a very strong managerial mindset and understanding how they act and what they do and what they not do, uh, you can very quickly depict and identify. A lot of times through these, through these three behaviors, if you're not familiar, passive will be someone who is, um, that will just accept other people criticizing you, for example. They will avoid conflict no matter what. They will not share their opinion. And they really are rarely uh, get, getting uh, others people of, uh, approval. Uh, but we have also somebody, for example, that is very passive aggressive, that will be not honest in their sharing or, or points mm -hmm. of view when they're asked, for example. But they may also refuse to notify people of this of something that is going on or dysfunctions that are happening. Um, their behavior is very much so um, from obvious passive going more towards that hot temperature where we dive into a very aggressive which also really are the ones that will call it out and have shame and shine others in front of other people and not care about anybody's feelings. And then also demonstrate very often a lot of anger. So when you go, sometimes some people go in that range of mm. where they're very passive, very detached, and you don't have no idea what they think. All the way to ones that are very loud and very aggressive right in your face. And you really feel like you, are, like you never know when they're going to go in a deep end and when they're going to escalate. But, but ironically, how do you can differentiate? And regardless if somebody might be in between, neither of those three are healthy and they require a very different set of behavior to really work effectively with them. And how can you recognize any of these three behaviors? You must be wondering, right? Will be by really seeing people that are commonly arrogant. They're not allowing others people opinion or they're not inviting others in conversation yes. they're very opinionated right they're cutting others people short um they're very uh driven by power and authority even though they're useless because they're abusing the power of authority they're not using it in an effective way and they're not to build a team or organization but actually to create the fear and the uh, to lead that way being the control yeah, the, the question now, how to deal with this kind of people? Because I believe that we are experienced this, I believe also our audience there, they are experienced such these managers or these people, bosses every day on, on that point. So the, the, the one million question, how can we deal with these guys? And how can, without without harming ourselves or without harming our future? I think it's very, very difficult one, but I believe it's worth worth thinking. And, and, and I think this is a fantastic question because a lot of, of them are exhibiting different types of personalities and these negative toxic behaviors and environments that we're in, 
we have to really know and how to set up the boundaries. And it's very mm -hmm. difficult if you've been working for someone and you've been enduring these types of behavior for so long, all of a sudden to try to move and then do something. But we, it's important to, first of all, recognize to see individual as they are and then really understand what is happening, what is triggering them, uh, what, what they cannot tolerate, uh, how they demonstrate and how they lash out and why they lash out. So when you understand that, you also will know their pattern. Like I, I remember some of the bosses, like first thing in the morning, don't talk to them. In an afternoon, they will be like chasing everybody, trying to figure out what was done and what was not and whatnot. But when, when they go down that negative behavior, it's a very good to really use proper words and language, but also to really start building the healthy team around so that problem can be properly addressed. And that takes a lot of skills. And a lot of times regular people that are just, you know, supporting organization, they're not in leadership role, have a hard time, right? So the best would be obviously to talk to your boss or others uh, privately and ask how to handle or how to have maybe these one-on-one -on -one conversations or, or where, where there will be some safety net and to address some of the behavior that you cannot accept or tolerate or is counterproductive or is uh, creating a lot of problems to the team. Uh, very often you have to also identify someone who actually can face those individuals on, on your behalf or in team behalf. Mm. Sometimes it's not always the next boss or of somebody on the team, but it is somebody maybe in different function of organization. Uh, you also need to know if you have a supportive HR team and, mm -hmm. and human resource and human department where they can truly uh, give you some tools and skills, but also create an environment uh, where you're not only gonna be heard, but also will be some proposed change made. But all of these factors are complex and complicated, Khaled. That's why so many people are suffering because Sometimes you have a, not only one toxic manager, you may have a whole plethora of them. Yeah. And when they uh, protect one another, uh, it's very hard. Like, where do we go? Who do we talk to? And how do we handle this? And then people feel stuck, right? So many people feel that way. What is the choice? Enduring the pressure and waiting opportunity to leave or, or rock the boat and say enough is enough and then uh, just share exactly how you feel. And I'm seeing a lot of interesting incidents and escalation of situation as a result of that, because most of the time, very critical, negative, toxic management mm -hmm. does not appreciate feedback, yeah. does not appreciate your opinion, doesn't care or doesn't want or cannot process because they used to get downstream feedback. Right now you're forcing them to receive it upstream yeah. And they're not prepared for that. Yes, I believe that. I like what you said, Isabella, because I think that there are three responsibilities at this point. Number one, it's the organization or the corporation responsibility, how they promote the culture inside the, the corporation, how they deal with such these things or uh, such toxic managers. How can they identify? Because sometimes I believe that even the organization, they don't see that this is toxicity is affecting the, 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 the business and the people under this guy. Uh, the, the second responsibility, I believe it's also related to the toxic manager. And I believe also so many managers, they, they, they live all of their life, it's like cancer. They don't understand yeah. they are toxic. They don't, because, because I believe it's because of uh, lack of self-awareness. They don't know themselves. They don't understand them, themselves. And this is required, a real, as you said, it's upstream and downstream feedback. It's not only feedback because this will enhance their self-awareness. And the third responsibility, I believe it's related to the people who are reporting. They, they should be courageous enough to go and confront, confront just in case. I know that maybe sometimes they, they will have, you know, like a shock in that point, yeah. but it should be it should happen in a, in the right way. I'm not saying just impacting your career, impacting your future, but you have to talk. You have to be willing at this point. You have to speak for yourself. That is very crucial, very important. And that's the reason I mentioned when you do speak for yourself, you need to know your environment. Every environment's different. 
And if you don't have a supportive leadership team and people that you can resort to, then it's very, very challenging and difficult. That's why the status quo continues because it's serving those toxic individuals and people continue just to obey. But it's killing uh, teamwork, it's killing performance, and it's just killing, as I said, very healthy culture. And as a result, what we're seeing, we're going to see a lot of people moving, going, uh, a lot of negative uh, reviews and many different things. But that is why it's so important to set the boundaries. And those boundaries are not easy for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And you need to also be very strong. You don't have to be strong by force, but strong by intent. Uh, that you also will be expecting the pushbacks. And if those pushbacks happen, how are you going to handle them right in an effective way? And the big thing what I'm finding, and hopefully will help your audience that is watching and listening right now, uh, Khalid, is that a lot of times uh, we, we, we're, we're focused on whose fault it is. Yes. If you're playing a better game and being more aware, as you brought it up, self-awareness, and being more astute, then we can truly take away equation of the fault and blame game, but truly come towards the solution. And then finding not only support system, like you mentioned, but also finding new ways of being and doing things so that it's really specific action uh, that's gonna be, and then how things gonna be monitored so that those things will not overcompete. Because it takes a quite long path, depending on which organization you're working in, to eliminate toxic manager mm -hmm. uh, and and some organizations specific position they're having um really have a hard time of doing that and frankly i'm being in situations when that was the only option actually on the table and then when they did they wish that they did it sooner because they recognize how quickly changed the climate so it's mm -hmm. also about leaders in organization to really do the right decision Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I agree with you 100%. I believe that change and the difference comes top down. It doesn't come uh, bottom up. So it's all about leadership. Coming, I, I believe that because of the time constraint, guys, I will jump into the first question. Please feel free to ask Isabella as much as you can. Uh, I will I will jump into the first question. Dr. Arun, he's asking, Madam, don't you think that somewhere uh, overdoing the Leadership Act as solo act transforms them to a toxic and narcissist, I do believe in their the disposition? Yes, and, and you're spot on, Doctor. Thank you so much for asking the question. You're right. A lot of times we've seen a lot of narcissistic behaviors, a lot of arrogance, a lot of ignorance, and also lack of leadership skill set. So when you combine the bad behavior from narcissistic behavior, right? As well as lack of knowledge. What do you get? You don't get really good leadership, nor you're gonna get good management because a lot of times they attract similar people in their own inner circle. So um, we have to also diversify and, and who we hire, how we hire, because traditionally we hire people that are similar like us because we're the most comfortable with that. But a lot of times we need a different skill sets and as a result, we're gonna have a different outcomes. Mm -hmm. And more we break out of the comfort zone than, you know, behaviorally. Because, frankly, I did this plenty of assessment that I can prove this over and over. We hire people usually we are similar to. And then what it is, it's easy to agree. It's nobody to question status quo. Nobody to push things forward as maybe we will have or to challenge us on certain decisions. But that doesn't mean that outcome is going to be good, right? And as a result, we are creating a really bad environment for others to be part of. Yeah, I believe also, uh, Isabella, some companies, they know that there are, uh, I would say, people or leaders on a very high hierarchy in the positions of their organization. They know they're narcissists. They're, they're stating the whole organization, but they achieve some, some of their targets or they achieve the business strategies. But I believe that accepting such kind of leaders in such higher positions like that, it's toxicity from the leadership, the higher leadership, because the, I believe it's even, even you know, achieving the short-term uh, targets and don't look into the sustainability because you're draining your people. You are, you are taking, it, it will not be sustainable. And I believe also, I guarantee you that most, the turnover of people inside the organization, it's very high because of this leadership. So uh, th this kind of narcissist, leadership they should take 
responsibility either to train them, educate them, uh, enhance their self-awareness about themselves, or they should they should find another way. Otherwise, I'm saying that don't be compelled in the short-term sighted business strategies because this will affect the long-term game. I love it, and you're spot on. And 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 this is the thing. I remember just just a quick example, quick story when I was assessing this group of alpha male uh, top gun performers and high-end sales, right? All of them sound and look the same. All of them were upping up each other, but then was also one particular one that was pulling things in, in a different direction. And they did not like that. And, and actually the direction that the gentleman was pulling in was actually not good one either. So there was a resistance to change and also they did not want to follow and what he was trying to do and his agenda and how he was handling some things was very, very toxic. And when we did assessment from the hero standpoint, when I also noticed a pattern, I, I did talk and, and I did address that with with, uh, with the boss, you know, with their with their immediate um, uh, supervisor, with the leader actually of the whole team. And I told him, what are you forfeiting here is morale and everything else that's gonna mm. affect the rest of your team. Is the one person just because he created millions of dollars gonna be uh, more important than the, what the rest of the team is making all together? And, and are you want that, what do you ultimately want? And, and, and it took him a while to really sink in because a lot of times also people have a very specific relationship. And then he told me he is the son of a very good friend of mine. We used to, we were, we went to college together and all of that. And I, and I invested so much in him over the years. And I said, but now you have a chance to actually either coach him or mentor him or bring another coach or mentor and see if he is open to listen. You have a two choices. And if he is not, and he's gonna still drum into his own drum, even though he's producing, he is alienating the team and creating friction in the team, and it's not healthy. You have then two choices, and it was a very hard decision for him because sometimes people also outgrow organization. They outgrow the team, and we need to be able to let go of those individuals for various reasons, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So more attached we are to the toxicity or these types of choices going to be harder on everybody else and leader needs to make a tough decision and that's the big huge differentiator yeah. as yeah. we're talking about here yes, yes totally agree thank you Isabella we'll jump into the next question our next question from Ahmad Qasim he's asking could we avoid toxic environment a bit earlier let's say from hiring stage it's a good question I, I, really... I love it I love yeah. it you know what Ahmed that's beautiful everybody wants to seduce everybody that from that talent side you know this is the i'm the best candidate for you and we are the best environment for you ahmed i would highly encourage to do your own research and what i typically always advise ask really straightforward questions what can i expect when i walk in for first 90 days in environment what kind of support how would you um explain working environment how would you explain how leadership personalities and dynamics and then what I do, I do an extra mile. I always do research. I check the company. I looked for Glassdoor reviews. I look what employees, current employees are saying, what past employees are saying. I connect with employees on LinkedIn, either past or current, and ask, are you willing to have a quick informational interview with me? I'm considering this very visible position. I want to make sure, uh, and I'm moving my family, or whatever factors might be. Or I'm, 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 I'm letting, uh, I'm having four offers on table, and I'm wanted to depict one leaning towards your company. Could you help me just to gain a little bit more insights how to operate in day-to-day -day world? Mm -hmm. And when you have those questions, when people typically, depending on your approach, will share with you, and sometimes you will be amazed how much information you will get. And the beauty is you can obviously keep confidentiality, uh, but as a result, have now more data and understand better. So that not only you know like how is going to be your immediate you know team, but how overall organization operates, and, mm -hmm. and are they really exuding those values that are showing on the website? Right? Everything always looks so beautiful till you walk in, and then and, and you get over time very quickly disappointed. And, and those mistakes are costly. So smart question, and hopefully some of these answers helped you um, to move forward. Thank you, Isabella. We'll jump into uh, our next question. 
Osama Aid, our friend, he's asking, how do circumstances and the environment influence a person to become a leader? Oh, I love that. Yeah. Some a beautiful question. Um, obviously, depending where you are in trajectory with your career, personally and professionally, right? When, you, when, when we also mentioned earlier, you're already born with specific skill set that every one of us have. And so a lot of those skill set already are changing your DNA, who you are, and how you can be that amazing leader within yourself. But leadership, it's a choice. And if you chose to go that, I would suggest earlier the better, but it's never too late, right? And it's best thing that you can do is by applying yourself so you can figure it out what style of leadership you are, what resonates with you, and how people react and respond to you. Mm -hmm. And that is the amazing talent, show and tell, right? But also great opportunity for you to exercise because deep down every single individual have a desire to actualize themselves more. So if you have the desire right now and you don't feel like you're applying yourself, you have now tremendous opportunity. Look at what Khalid is doing. He created a show. He's doing lives. He's showing up. He's being very visible. So if you don't have in current environment opportunities, then start creating some for yourself and start applying yourself. And honestly, in the time and due time, rest will be the history. Thank you so much. I will add something also in that point, Isabella, to our friend Osama. I believe it's all about, as, as I spoke before, it's all about uh, self-awareness. And I love what you said. It's about choice. Leadership, it's a choice. You cannot, you cannot study leadership or just you cannot take a certificate and say that I'm leader. It doesn't come like that. It's all about attitude. And one of the things that I can tell you, you can start from, it's reflect and uh, if I'm talking about in terms of your business uh, career, I would say you can have like, in order to enhance your self-awareness about yourself, you can have like 360 feedback from your colleagues and uh, speak with them very authentic. Understand their opinion about you. Be open to take this uh, feedback because this will put you on the right track. And this will be the starting point once you understand yourself because I, I believe that most of us born like we are the best and we are ideal, which is not which is not the, the case because our mind is wired like that. So once you are accepting the feedback and uh, take it in a, a constructive way and take whatever this feedback into the right way where you want to go, uh, this I, I believe this will be the right thing that in terms of leadership, this will put you on the right way to the leadership. So start by self-awareness. And as I told you, start by listening, listening to people just to understand and work on it. Mm. And applying yourself, as you mentioned. You have to apply, you have to try. That's the reason I said, if you don't have environment right now where you can do that, you could create in one as, as Khalid or yeah. myself or everybody else is doing on top of what we're doing in our professional world because it is endless opportunities where you can exercise that in practice. Exactly. Thank you, Isabella. We'll jump. We have many questions. I will jump into the next question. Um, it comes from. I will jump because it's too many, too many comments. So bear with me, please. Okay. We have our friend. I, I will try to hide it and read it from here. Madame, don't you think that uh, leadership is a process of continuous uh, vigilance uh, of watching, correcting, and innovating to sustain goodness. Unfortunately, many tends to uh, get carried out by the euphoria and thus go uh, into the state of mega, I cannot read, so toxicity, I guess, would be checking and uh, monitoring objectively with time. Mm. Okay, Shall so... I it's a, it's a statement, but it's also cool, a key question in there. So let me let me depict this. Um, leadership traditionally, it's not just that title and position and beautiful office on in penthouse or top floor with a great letter uh, chair that is very comfortable and everybody wants to keep and comes with hefty salary. 
right now leaders more than ever have tons of pressure and expectations and other elements come in which is also accountability responsibility transparency integrity all of those things mm -hmm. so in order to really be effective leader we have to embrace it everything that comes in that basket right you cannot just pick i love this and i don't like that and let me leave other things and things that we are naturally good at it and things that we have to constantly work on ourselves to improve to learn and grow because leadership more than ever is now very fluid you're right it requires um constant learning and constant application but also requires embracing it truly what it is uh, it, it is complex process where we have constant expectations and those expectations as we have from others others have such a high expectation of us so we need to be able to uh, fulfill those expectations specifically during the current times when so many things are complex and complicated. Thank you, Isabella. We'll move into the second question. Our friend, Michael, he's asking, Isabella, how do you not take it personal? I believe he was asking something in the past. So if, if he can refine it back, Michael, about this, and I will jump into that question because it's very general. If you can just put it again, I will jump into that question again, okay? If you can hear us. So uh, the next question, it's from our friend, our friend Karim Elkomi. He's asking, what does a leader do when he or she is asked to lead a vision he's not fully aligned with? Nothing ethical. He's, it's, a, it's a very nice question. He is just not convinced with the organizational objectives, but he has to go with it. What uh, mm. to do that? I love that question, Kareem. It's a very smart question. And that ask, pause, and ask for clarity. Because a lot of times we are rushing, right? And right now with speed is important to many organizations. And when it's no alignment there, it's going to create a friction. And even if you do it against your will, still doesn't mean it's going to be successful. Which means that if it's not in alignment with you, most likely it's in alignment with others, but others are not voicing that. So it will be good to say, hey, hey, guys, I know we wanted to go in this direction. Do you mind just for 15 minutes just to brainstorm? I want to make sure that we're all aligned and on the same page and understanding uh, why, why is this priority and how to really, what ultimately goal or objective is. Because as you know, Kareem, you can get to many, uh, to the ultimate goal and destination in so many different ways. And you don't want to leave others behind or have a fragmented team. But when it's specifically to you, I will ask, I will pause, I will ask a lot of questions and I will, uh, I will ask if, if this is equal to what I'm thinking and, and, and then if, if this is what makes, really makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You mentioned things that are not ethical. Those are very, very challenging when we're going against the ethics, sometimes just to make a profit. Uh, that's very challenging to, to keep swallowing. So I would I would voice that in in and knowing my team, and knowing to with whom and how. Sometimes it's better to uh, that particular individual. Sometimes it's then better, you know, depending how strong team is to voice it uh, in front of everyone. I mean, it's again individual situation and scenario. Uh, but I would impose the ethical dilemma. Because you can address all of those things without saying, oh, I don't agree with you. I'm not in alignment. By asking very, very smart questions. Did we consider ethically how this is going to play out? Did we also look at how this is going to affect our relationship with our mm -hmm. partners? So when you start probing and massaging with the questions, you're going to arrive to much clearer uh, element for, first of all, where they're coming from uh, why they're putting um, mm -hmm. this particular pressure expectation if it's if there's a result just to survive or, or or keep client or generate money then you might be able to offer alternatives how they can still do without affecting ethics you see what i mean but when they tell you what is the driver behind the decision then you have opportunity to create and offer different solution but when we don't know the driver that it's very very challenging then to make any change I know it's very irritating, uh, Isabella, because if it's something not ethical, I believe uh, my advice, uh, Karim, at this point, you have to be the leader at this point. He has to, to understand what why he is not aligned with this vision. 
you have mm-hmm. to be clear about that. And once you are clear about that, it's the way that you communicate to the leadership. Because if you have a real fact and you have something in your mind because you, you are convinced with the way that you communicate to their leadership in order to change the way that you want, it's very essential. So about it's all about the communication. Because don't my advice, don't keep it inside you. Uh, because especially authentic leaders, they have they have their decision and they have their way of communication. The way that you should communicate, it, it should be the proper way just to convince them. If it's if it doesn't work, I say because toxicity, I'm not sure how to do it, but at least you will feel not stressed that you didn't tell say your 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 way of communication or your your voice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's but it's just the way how you do it, right? Yeah. So yeah. you have to you have to adjust it to your environment. But uh, specifically, when it's a and and some things I just want to also add, uh, Khalid, it just made me think of um, you. You know, your negotiables. I mm. sometimes I will not negotiate on around my values, and values are so strongly tied to your personal ethics. And if those values are compromised, specifically if they are also supposed to be companies' values, but now mm. you see that they are going in the deep end in the wrong direction, and also having tough conversation around to say, I'm not sure if we are really continuing to work and focus on with the white lens. I think we're jeopardizing the values of mm-hmm. our organization and also our own personal values. Let's pause and let's adjust. Let's take a look. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think my gut feeling is telling me this is not right. And then you open conversation and dialogue versus uh, harsh questions or accusation and and challenging situation that can escalate even more so. I'm finding a lot of times that takes finesse and takes a lot of behavioralism and knowing other persons' uh, triggers and personalities. And sometimes if you're not capable to do that on your own, it's good to have someone else that can help to voice that and navigate. Sometimes you also need a support uh, in order to do that effectively. Amazing. Thank you, Isabella. One of the things that came into my mind as a question, it's it's a very interesting question, I believe. It's how you can lead people with their authority or power over them. Because people, they think that I will be leader when when I go in hierarchy, this leadership, that I will force them to do one, two, three, four. But how can you lead people with zero authority or power over them? That is brilliant. And that is something that a lot of progressive, innovative companies are striving for. Because that the, the farmer that you mentioned, it's collapsing and it's not effective and it's not working. And people are, as a result, seeing the same amount of lawsuits, the same amount of not only firing, but also a lot of things that are now available in digital footprint. And it's mm-hmm. going to be very hard to raise that somebody's damaged and blemished reputation, right? So we don't want to say we need to correct our behavior in order to we pass digital uh, you know criticism or whatever or or not be associated with x y and z uh you we just have to really look at how how we are as a people and 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 that really brings huge huge component how do i show up with my understanding of myself beyond just the self-awareness with my own emotional capacity with my own triggers with our my emotional intelligence or pieces that i'm lacking in that space or things that still affects me and then how I'm showing up and understanding the social implications, social intelligence, because everything emotional intelligence wise is going on with me, it's around me, right? But everything that is going on around social aspects is with other people. So now how do I insert myself in this conversation? How do I insert myself in the project and teamwork? What dynamics I'm seeing and, and what cues I'm picking up socially? And then where's my social capacity to adjust myself from my emotional aspects in order to be able to work effectively and that is skill that i see it's crucial and utmost needed but it is also the one that we have the biggest deficit in because some leaders have a maybe mastered self-awareness and some pieces of, my, uh, of emotional intelligence 
but they are totally not equipped to do that very well in social dynamics. They're not specifically equipped to deal with people different than themselves, mm. with diverse teams. And that's why we're having so many fiascos and conflicts. So to do, lead without authority, first of all, you have to be absolutely comfortable a, you're not in the control, and I'm not weak, and I'm not desiring control. Weak people need control. Weak people and weak minds need to uh, be constantly knowing. You have to understand that you're hiring brilliant people, and you want to give them free reigns. And not everybody can do that. You have to understand if you interview someone for 10 hours or, or I don't know how many days, which I heard that a lot of interviewing cycles, we went much so longer right now and grilling, uh, why do you go through that process and you still bring that amazing individual on your team and you still don't trust them or you're still not giving them space to show you what they're capable? I'm seeing still so many people sabotaging amazing talent, uh, and setting them up to, for failure instead of for success because of their own triggers or jealousy or incapabilities, whatever might be the situation. So I honestly have to say, in order to do that, what you ask in Khalid, and, mm -hmm. and it's, it's a healthy, but not everybody are there yet. And some people may never be there that are already in the leading positions. So more than ever, we need to actually continue on self-growth you mm -hmm. have to do that mm -hmm. and you need to be honest and if you know what your weaknesses are uh, then don't in project them into others work on them mm -hmm. and, and and then hire mentor hire coach hire advisor have a help okay and 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 then be better at it but ultimately to do that it is required very specific skill set and type of personality and very few can really do that. And that's why we not only desire that, but we also need that. And that's why we're also in such a shortcut, I mean, in, a, in deficit about the leadership skills that we need because um, demands are higher and higher, things are speeding up, but skill sets are not where they need to be. Yeah, I put myself on the other shoes of others. And if I want myself to be a leader, I like what you say exactly how i would look at, to myself let's say that how i would inspire people people will not listen to me if they don't see me as a leader so in order to do that i believe as you said i love what you said it's about the self-awareness starting by myself firstly the second one which is you taught me about that it's the social intelligence the sq so it's how you deal with people so now this is the first stage that I need to be myself and I need to understand myself, my weakness. And uh, as you said, the, just uh, to be with coaches, mentors, helping me to, to understand my challenges. How can I work on myself? From this point, I believe this is the turning point that you can inspire people. But in order to do that, the second point, it's how you will be able to have this social intelligence, how you will understand how people they feel. I think it's it's something it's not easy. I'll I'll say it from heart, it's not easy to understand how people feel, how how you can build a relationship with them, how we can understand them, how we can inspire them. It's all about a combination, emotional intelligence and inspiring people. I believe it's all about self-awareness, as you said, social intelligence, and how you can run the relationship. This combination will, will let you be a great leader at this point. Yes. Yes. yes, because all the cliches and all the things that are being studied, the programs, this and the other, all of those work for different environments. They did not work for digital, fast-paced, fast-growing, high-demand, high-pressure, quick decision, all these dynamics. In order to do that, you need to be great in decision-making. You need to understand and synthesize the problem. You need to be able to do so many things. So more, more than ever, it's a combination of skill sets, right? And, yes. and for the ones that did not invest, they're already that they're falling behind and they're not as effective. That's why people don't want to be on their teams or work in those departments. We know that. We see all of that, right? And, but again, some people are traditionally there because they're close to their retirement or whatever might be the reason why they're still there. But when we really step away and then create opportunity to look at as like, what do I need to be today? Not yeah. what I need to be yesterday. Yesterday is already wow. gone. 
but wow. who I need to be today and how that's going to help me to be tomorrow in order to be effective, in order to be supportive, in order to be trusted, in order to be not like for sake of like, but in order to be approachable so that people can tell me their pain points and not feel afraid I'm going to scold them and misuse them and abuse them for that. You don't have no idea how many people are suffering around mental health issues, around the family dynamics, around stuff that actually their jobs created insane anxiety and a lot of stress and pressure, right? But they cannot address them because they're completely not feeling support and that they have anyone that they will truly internally care. Yeah. How yeah. sad that? <laughs> totally agreed 100%. On what you're saying, thank you, Isabella. We'll jump into our lovely friend, Mohidol. He is asking how to spot toxic management in public sector organizations. That is an excellent question. How to spot them is by literally <laughs> looking how they behave and what words they're using and then what's important to them by asking the questions. Uh, some of them are, again, very arrogant people and narcissistic and all these toxic guys don't usually go and mingle beside people on their own hurricane level. So if they're not willing to shake your hands or talk to someone who is in supporting roles in organization, tells you quite a bit about that person. Second thing, if you do get a chance to ask a question, uh, but how they answer question. Usually they talk about themselves or they're very self-centric of what's important <laughs> to them versus giving you overall information about organization and what is important for whole organization. And then honestly, the best ones will actually ask you question about you. And 99% of these toxic managers will not even bother to get to know you. They will talk about themselves or something they did or something that they're proud uh, related to to you know what how they led the team and outcomes they created or whatever and that very quickly you can see they're egoistical they're self-centered and they're not necessarily team players and they will have a hard time with someone who is curious who is innovative who is different and who truly is there for the power of the people versus just for the power for themselves okay thank you isabella i think michael he uh he, he came back to the same question, so I, I will jump into that question and come back to next. So, Michael, a question he is say, he's asking, my question is to point out when you are around or working for a toxic person and they have had a behavior, bad behavior, and you uh, take it personal, ask Ruth about, it, uh, about you, then you give your power away to them. You must know and believe in yourself. Know yourself, let me, I will go down. Know your self-worth and your self-value. I want to know your thoughts on how not to take things in personal. I love it. All yeah. of us working with people, right? Either through our companies or either even if we go to a restaurant to have a dinner or, or, or to kids' sporting events, we're always interacting with other people. Sometimes you don't have no idea what the person is going through. So we need to really learn how to judge less or simply don't, don't have a no judgment. And that is very hard, but that is also an amazing trait of phenomenal leaders. And I love what you said. We get triggered. And that's like self-awareness, something from the past that happened, maybe doesn't even have nothing to do with that person. Or maybe just to say that the way they said it, or maybe indirectly they said it to someone else. So it is very, that tells you that you have opportunity to work on yourself. That mm -hmm. tells you what is not still healed and not in the right place within you. That is also opportunity to identify your own growth and opportunity to change the script. Uh, because when we're triggered too quickly to uh, take a stain or escalate situation or say something that we regret, like I had a friend of mine saying years ago, he was very temperamental and, you know, younger and mm -hmm. macho and coming from very different culture and saying something to a woman, uh, he thought he was smart ass. But then that bite him, you know, because years later, she's now in charge on projects that he was eliminated from and, and really it's hard pill for to swallow because it's affecting him financially tremendously and i said people may forgive you but they will not forget and if they have a choice to have someone else on their team trust me they will choose someone else versus someone who gave them hard time right so it's the same process like why would you want to escalate and give somebody else hard time doesn't matter if they're right or wrong it's not about them and also why would you put yourself on their level 
Sometimes some people will purposely provoke you. Sometimes people purposely create scenarios and conflict so they can let go of you, so they can fire you or show or prove that, that how bad you are or whatever scenario it is. So do not give them ammunition. Do not get on that level. And then also put, take a breath, step away, leave, do whatever you have to do, but in a nice professional demeanor, and then make a mental note. This is exactly thing I have to work. This is why, why, and I need to figure it out, and I need to find out someone to help me to overcome it. This is for you, Isabella. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Isabella. Thank you so much. So uh, I will jump into the next question. Um, the question came because I jumped early uh, from our friend Dipayan. He's asking, ma'am, is the whistle blowing effective for toxicity? Oh boy, whistleblowing <laughs> can be effective depending on what it's about, right? Um, to just to tell that it's a toxic culture and, 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 and share your pain points usually is very counterproductive and a lot of times very detrimental for that person. Um, but if it is affecting hundreds and thousands of people or if it's a very specific uh, situation where, where you really see damage and lives, uh, I would really consult externally uh, about situation and seek advice from neutral party. Mm -hmm. And that's why not only attorneys exist, but advisors so they can tell you based on your position, based on situation, based on magnitude of damage and implications of that damage. Uh, it's not always just, you know, monetary, obviously. Uh, it is about uh, well-being of people and uh, more than isolated incidents, more than you. Uh, in those cases, um, they can give you advice. For example, mm -hmm. whistleblowing culture here in the United States has been known for many decades. And then lawsuit culture, frankly, to the point that so many people will go and chase and immediately jump in the lawsuit instead of even having conversation and opportunity to remedy situation or really assess and get facts straight, right? So it's mm -hmm. also very important when we're in heat of the moment or when we've seen the pattern and we get more and more frustrated to really step away, making sure are we looking at the problem accurately? What are the facts when we take away our emotional elements? And then when we have all of those facts straight and, and what else is going on, then we can really then eloquently, calmly speak about it. And then we can decide if it is the right thing to do and, to, and how to handle it. Because um, right now we don't want to create damages for the companies and brands and reputations, like some people doing silly things and miscalculated publicly. And uh, and then before they know it, they end up with a lawsuit and, and financial damage that they will never, not be able to repay for their lifetime and affecting the family and everything else. So you also have to be very, very smart, understanding the corporate law, understanding the warming you in, understanding who you're talking to, because confidentiality is also very essential. So I just wanted to say, I would not go there first. That would be your last resort. I would go with advisory and a neutral party and, and then start, start really seeking more and more understanding, more knowledge, and then from there make a right decision and action. Because when you go on that path, people don't understand what that path looks like and how com complex that is and how long it is and how many appearances in court and all these different things are because they're always the, the type of action creates insane reaction that you cannot always calculate all the risks, even though your intentions are in the good place, if that makes sense. So knowing that, then you at least know what you're setting yourself for. Yes, thank you, Isabella, and th thank you, Debian, because it's the first time to hear about uh, whistleblowing. Thank you for these lovely values. I will go to the next question. We have our friend Osama Al-Aid, he's asking, do you think that signs, behaviors, and how to deal with situations at the time are responsible for determining the future? Our behavior, how we respond will determine our future. Um, okay, 
this is a great question because some of that gives a snapshot where you are right now, right? But that doesn't mean where you're going to be tomorrow. But that also tells leaders and managers what's going on with you. And if it's isolated incidents or situation can tell, you know, he's too stressed out or he lashed it out or he increased his voice or whatever it is, or he left to his station or position, depending upon what it is, right? And some things can be immediately detrimental and can cause uh, to immediate determination, termination from the, from the position or from the separation mm -hmm. of the organization. And some of them can be just the uh, independent incidents that are showing um, frustration or lack of whatever might be the scenario, the whatever might be going on, right? But the key is to understand why did you behave the way you did? What trigger you again? And then, and then is is it something reoccurring? And where is your threshold? Because this is a very good question for many reasons. So many people reach their threshold emotionally, mentally physically during this time. This puts so many people in horrible, horrible setups. And so many people endured, right? And all of a sudden they even surprised themselves to the day where they reacted. So it's also a good way to pause and say, this is not in my character. This is and owning it. This is not why I'm surprised that I even reacted this way. I feel like I may be close to my threshold of burnout. I never been burned out before, but might be this going on. So the, also having the very honest conversation to own it, the, 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 the misjudgment or misbehaving pattern or incident or one particular scenario, and then truly try to understand why. And I had a situation actually not recently when I was helping out with that, uh, where it was burnout factor, but also, you know, with dealing with very aggressive um, leader uh, or manager, actually, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and too much pressure. Uh, and this person was very uh, passive. And then they became passive aggressive. And when an aggressor sees that you're now getting into that aggressive mode, you know what aggressive does, increase their aggression, right? And then when you react aggressively, it's okay for them to act aggressive, but it's not okay for you. That, that was this huge shock, right? Jolting moment. I'm like, oh my God, what happened? Uh, so, so you have to really know that. And then also set the boundaries and, 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 and make sure you, you are mm. not putting yourself in that situation again. Thank you, Isabella. I think that we have the two last questions. So we'll jump into the first question. What should, it's from uh, Antar Bitat, he, uh, he just asking, what should you do when you are stuck in double vision while toxic colleagues are having number on you? Current vision and long-term one. Ooh. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Without knowing, this is an excellent question, and it happens again so much right now. Why they're having, why they're against you, why they're, sometimes people need a scapegoat, and sometimes good guy end up to be scapegoated and bad guys because that's tribalism, right? Mm. Usually, usually bad guys are in the packs. You're rarely, rarely going to see one bad, bad guy. Usually it's a pack mentality. Reason why I've been ordered for them because they're lacking what individually what they're uh, receiving as a team, right? So they mm. feed off each other and they feel stronger as a result of that setup. Um, so it's question, what kind of managers do you have and are they part of that equation or not? And I would even probe if I feel like that I can ask one of those toxic guys, what is going on? What are you? What is happening? What are you maybe missing out on? And 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 why 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 X Y and Z? You know, or whatever. If you feel like that is already beyond that question, and it's very um, toxic and, and and challenging, and it's very unhealthy even to have a basic conversation going. And if you don't have a right management there, then obviously I would remove myself. I would seek different employment or different department or whatever it is. But if you think that you have someone on your team or a leadership team or management team that sees that and is working on fixing that situation, then you have a chance. But for you to navigate the tribe of it's mission possible. It's a waste of energy. And you also need to know when you need to 
quit. You also need to know when you need to, uh, you know, leave. It's not because you quitter, but because you're a smart, wise person and you know when it's time to remove yourself because no matter what you do, it's not going to make any difference and it's going to just affect you more and more negatively. Thank you again, Isabella. I know that I, I, do, I do believe that you need to drink uh, water <laughs> because we speak too much. But this is the last question and we'll close our episode. Uh, our friend, uh, Legas, she's asking, do you think that there are, uh, there are, that are there still many leaders who love their role just because of their ego, even when this is a topic that is openly talked nowadays? Um, many people really do love their job. They're very passionate, even how challenging and difficult it is. It doesn't mean they're coming from ego. It's just uh, meaning that they are feeling they're up to task and up to challenge and they're equipped because many leaders uh, are recognizing they cannot fix everything by themselves. They're going to tap into others. And when you also have a leader that exudes that positivity and we're going to figure it out, we're going to, you know, uh, or, or share uh, through their transparent share, then I think it's magical. And people want it to be around those types of leaders. Who doesn't, right? Yeah. Even though it's challenging and difficult what we have to tackle and we need to uh, face very uh, hard decisions, uh, but having leaders that are optimistic and positive and still showing up and giving their best and giving the best to their teams, that is magic. That is what we need more than ever. The ones that are showing up, they're still lacking competency and not leading very well, yet want to, no matter what, on any cost, preserve their title, position, and the status. Those are the ones truly to question why, why they're doing what they're doing. And those are the ones to really pay close attention and see not only if we are supporting, how we're supporting, but also uh, what culture they're creating and how much we wanna, or how longer we wanna be around that. Because those types of individuals are rarely, rarely changing. Yeah. So. Thank you, Isabella. It's, it's, it's amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, the last closing question. Maybe I said two questions, but this is the last closing question. So uh, if I want to ask you, if people, they want to reach out to you about your help, about uh, coaching, uh, about anything, how what is the best channel uh, that they can reach you with? Since we're obviously doing the LinkedIn Live and uh, even though on other platforms and that is our space, uh, please feel free to reach out directly to me on LinkedIn or you can reach uh, on my website, isabellalumberg.com. But obviously LinkedIn is more personable. I love our responses that I, or questions that I receive. So I respond to everyone. So feel free to DM me directly. Thank you so much, Isabella, again for your valuable time. I know that you were too much busy and uh, I, I will. I want to really say thank you for the the valuable time and giving us your valuable time today. And also, I want to thank all the lovely audience that they joined today. And I, I want to remind our lovely audience: just if you need anything uh, related to leadership, related to organizational transformation, please don't hesitate to uh, go directly and speak with Isabella on LinkedIn. Thank you so much. Khalid, it was absolute pleasure. Great to see you on this platform and be part of Unleash and your amazing global community. And thank you everyone for the phenomenal questions and being here with us. Thank you so much. And I'll see you again. Have a great yeah. day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.